gentlemen, welcome into episode 63, the long-awaited, much-anticipated first episode of 2019, as we took a couple weeks off over Christmas and New Year's holidays, so thank you for tuning back in to the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Summers, alongside me, as usual, James Cook and Jake, the perfect human specimen at NIP. That is correct. That is the... That's man, a, I think I need to be introduced like that more that's often. A, that's a self-label, by the way. He, I uh, didn't, that's not on the record. You're the one who just put that on the record and labeled me as that, so... James? I'll vouch for Brett. This. Oh, <laughs> you okay. remember okay. that before, sure about before that we one. started recording. Uh, what, what happens before the recording is put off into the eternal abyss, like in a black hole in space. Nobody will ever know about that, so... Thank yeah, you. No, Thank you for the compliment. Nobody but, but I know, us. I know. But I you know how many things specimen. have been said in the abyss of this room, many of them not by any of the three of us. Uh, however, ha- have been said and will not be forgotten. No, never. But. Uh... Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. That was a very nice introduction. New new year, new me. I guess I've. So you were I, imperfect last year. Yeah, I'm at like perfect. I'm at like Super Saiyan seven. If I was Goku, like I'm in like my perfect form. Like, I mean, I don't I don't know about perfect, but you you may be inching forward. Uh, that's that's you're, the goal. I mean, you're you're giving up tobacco products. Yes. So good for you. Yes, that is the first part of my Kids, personal development. Take, take heed of Jake Atnip and quit the tobacco. Don't products. ever start it. Yeah, don't start. But if you did, stop. Don't do that. Yeah, going back on Brendan Queeley, shout out the Podfather, his uh, vaping story. All those high school kids vaping. Stop it. Stop it now. It's no better than what I used to do. It's no better than cigarettes. It isn't. Really. No. We'll get off our soapbox yeah. about at least it's something inhalation good. products. We'll, we'll get away from that. <laughs> at, least, at least it's something good. With the first episode of the new year. Uh, we've got at least one change uh, coming up. We are going to introduce our new power ranking segment. We're each week going to provide top five power rankings for boys and girls basketball and a top three for hockey. Uh, we'll only really delve into the details uh, of one of those each week uh, and then do the details uh, or rehashing of them uh, on a more rotational basis, uh, but we're we're going to try to compare teams across conferences, across leagues, and in some cases, perhaps across divisions, and talk about the teams who are doing well, and we'll get to that after the interview. Uh, coming up before, we're gonna we're gonna go through some predictions for 2019, uh, some resolutions perhaps. Then we've got a fantastic interview with three Glen Lake Lakers uh, from the girls' basketball team, Lily Ewing, Kerrigan Lacrosse, and Caitlin Schaub. The Lakers are off to a 5-1 and one start this year, and even though they've got three games coming up prior to it, they are fast approaching a date with Kingsley. Uh, that might be the biggest game of the girls' basketball season uh, to this point when that happens on January 17th. We've got another rendition of the Get Around Hall of Fame, the first of 2019, and then a trifecta inspired by the Chicago Bears, uh, in particular, kicker Cody Parkey, and yes, we realize the ball was tipped if there's any Bears fans out there uh, not wanting him to get crushed too badly. But uh, yeah, we've we've got a good show lined up for you, and just like in 2018, the Get Around Podcast brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. Freak Yeah. Let's get rolling on that. Let's do it. All right, fellas, time to take a look into that crystal ball for 2019. We're not limiting ourselves just to this winter sports season. We're looking ahead through the entire year, and we're each going to make a few predictions on the season. I think I've got one that's a bit low-hanging fruit. A couple others, a little less so. We'll see what you guys have. Uh, this makes me think of when we were, well, when James and I did our holiday special with Harrison Beebe on 7 and 4, and we were trying to make our predictions. And sitting here on January 7th, uh, I forget, what day did we go in there? That must have been like December 18th, something like that. Yeah, it was a week or so before Christmas. And uh, let's just say right now I'm pretty happy that I didn't go on TV and say that, I was predicting the Detroit Red Wings to make the playoffs because I really thought about it. They had been playing pretty well there for a stretch, overcoming that huge hole that they dug themselves. And for some reason, I was feeling it. I, I, I almost did that. 
so I'm glad I didn't. I'm going to try not to make any predictions that terrible right I now. I don't even remember what mine was. Um, what was it as bad as... Oh, no, it was that Michigan would pull off a double again and go to the Final oh, Four in, right. in basketball and hockey. Oh, really? Final okay. Four and Frozen Four. Yeah, okay. and I predicted that Jim Bob Cooter would get fired. But that was a gimme. Right. That was low-hanging low, low low fruit. fruit. That, was, that wasn't even hanging. That was already on the ground. Yeah, that was, like, <laughs> that was on the tee for you. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll kick it off with my low-hanging fruit, and because we're still in this winter sports season uh, this year, and, you know, bad on me for not coming up with the exact number on this, but this will be the first season in many. Double digits, you thinking? Got to be in that range. In many, many years that a non-TC school will win the Big North Conference hockey title. Obviously, there's a number of games to play, and you know, for instance, Central playing a lot better, and they've shown in the past an ability to overcome a hole in the standings. Uh, I think they did that just a couple of years ago. West won the title last year en route to a Final Four berth, uh, but I think Alpina kind of has this one sewn up at this point already. It does, however, mean a Givens will be winning a big North Conference championship, just not, not Chris, the, the mm-hmm. Trojans head coach, uh, his son Cam, Helping, helping the Wildcats do some special things so far this year. So that's that's where I'm going to start off in 2019. Jake, what have you got? I'll go with one that, uh, you know, it might not be, you know, the boldest of predictions because there's definitely still a lot of athletes around. But, um, you know, after some changes, you know, it might be a thing. But uh, Traverse City St. Francis's tra- tennis coach, Paul Vandrowski, just left the program and, you know, they were so close, second-place boys, second-place girls for state titles. Um, I think St. Francis tennis stays on top, even with the exodus of their longtime head coach and a lot of good talent from St. Francis, but they still have a lot of good underclassmen, and I think that the Gladiators tennis programs are going to stay up there in the top three in the state. James? I, th- I think the, uh, the MHSAA Representative Council in May will vote to not seed districts, even though it seems to have a pretty overwhelming support by coaches and coaches in the area that I've already talked to and stuff. I think there's a, they'll just have too much of a, too much apprehension about doing it, you know, and uh, just kind of not want to dip their toe into that. Just at this point, I think it's got to maybe be more refined or something in the future. I, I think it's going to happen. But it just, I think uh, it has to happen. I think it, it pretty much does. I mean, it, you know, I've, I've talked to like over 50 coaches for this story that we're going to have Sunday, next Sunday. January paper. 13th. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, and and the the support for it is over seventy five percent, but I think the uh, the MHSAA will just have some cold feet about uh, actually going ahead and doing it. Making wholesale changes never works. Maybe out they're going to read your story next week, and that's going to flip the entire script on this whole issue, James. Maybe. All right, my uh, my next two are both fall predictions. I'll go with one, just one of them first. But uh, I think that despite losing. 20-plus seniors from this year's state semifinal team. Every single starter, except quarterback, That's and, and despite Kingsley completely turning the program around in Tim Moore's first year and really giving the Glads St. Francis a game in the regional championship game, I think St. Francis is going to come back and still find a way to win Another Northern Michigan Football League Legends title. Maybe maybe because it's St. Francis, that doesn't feel like a bold take. It doesn't seem that far It feels kind of like a bold take for me because, I don't know, you just you lose every single 21 position. 21 out of 22 right. starters. That's, that's a lot. And, again, Kingsley, they look scary now. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Glads, the Glads get it done. If we're yeah. going think, to. I think next year is kind of Kingsley's year. I think it's you know the thing where everybody says. Next year is the year that Kingsley can do this. But I don't know how many times in the last 10 years <laughs> I've heard other schools say, this is the year we beat St. Francis. You know, Kalkaska or Boyne City or any, you know. You know and it, Boyne and is it, kind of the only one who's Boyne's the only it one done. that's been able to do it, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Grayling's had a couple of years there where they, you know, they thought that they had the high-powered enough offense to do it, but. You know, even never even Glen even Glen Lake in their championship season when when they went to the D six title game, they lost to St. Francis. So yeah, I mean, doesn't seem like that big of a stretch. 
for them to turn it around after losing twenty two or twenty one of twenty two starters. But I mean for I mean, even for St. Francis, that's a that's a big hole. Like something that you can't just fill you can't just turn around and say, Hey look, we know we ha- we know St. Francis has three three lines of guys that they can, you know, suitably play at their positions, but yeah, you can't just wholesale switch your whole team and expect it to be the exact same results. Yeah. I do like what Kingsley has coming back next year though. I mean they've got they're both of their their good running backs coming back. They got into zone at running at quarterback coming back. You know, I mean they're gonna lose some big pieces like Nate Ames and Ian Souza and stuff and, and quite a bit along the line. But if they can fill that line in They'll be, they'll be pretty you know, good. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the one to just toss in an extra prediction here because I was going to do it anyways and say that Kingsley does take the the like or yeah the legacy division. Uh, so or, we need so we need to make a wager. Legends. A legends yeah, division. the legend. Yeah, that Kingsley does take the <clears throat> legends division. So we need to make a wager on this. Is that what you're saying? We we could. Because you realize the last wager that we made, you literally didn't have to buy me a single beer yeah, because neither one of us were. Ever in the same place together from the time the announcement of the NL MVP came out? It worked out pretty well in my favor. That was pretty nice. Not a single a beer. Single. I mean, this is... I don't know if it worked out in your favor. It worked out. It worked out. I mean, I, I didn't win, but I didn't, you didn't lose. You didn't exactly you didn't have to pay anything up. A little pride, little pride before the fall, but uh, I don't know. Unless you want to make the wager now, this is that's a long way down the road. Let's do it now. Yeah, what's a wager? Well, let's do the same wager so that I, you know... Actually, get paid up this time. I mean, it'd be, it'd be around the same time, or I know, probably wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back, but we got a wager. We'll figure out what the actual wager is, but we have a bet. Yeah, but you yeah. might know the league title. You might know the league title by the end of December, or I mean, in October. Yeah, but that's well, yeah, you will. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. But that was we'll right, have, right we'll around when we found out the MVP. We'll have a Wednesday. Or, we'll have a Wednesday or two to figure it out. We'll figure something out. All right. So St. Francis wins the Legends Division. I say Kingsley wins beers, it. Beers on you at Pint Night. Yep. Kingsley wins it. Beers on you. And if neither one, then beers on James. <laughs> Perfect. Let's do that. Um, All right, Jake. What do you got? If it's Ogama Heights. Yeah. <laughs> who's supposedly joining? If it's Ogama Heights, James gets beer for the rest of the two years. No, I'm just that's bad. Ogama Heights is supposedly joining the Northern Michigan Football League this year. It, First first year in, and they come in and sweep up a championship. That would be, be one of the bigger schools in the that'd league. That'd be a hot take right there. I mean, they used to be in the Big North Conference. That'd be a hot take right there. Anyways, I got another one, another prediction here. Uh, we'll stay in the football realm just since we are already talking about it. And I had a lot of time to watch Traverse City West last year, and you know, with the exodus of what'll be Tobin Schwanicki at Traverse City Central and Cade Foster down at Gaylord, a lot of the big offensive stars, I really think that. Traverse City West has a really good shot of repeating in the BNC yet again. And uh, that defense, they, they definitely lose a couple big stars with Odin Safradini and, you know, longtime quarterback with Sam DeKuyper on the offensive end, a couple other speed guys. But I think the team as a whole is just going to come back as the same team. Unlike we were talking about with St. Francis, I think they have a lot in which to work with in between the next couple of years. And after having an entire year with Coach Greg Vaughn at the helm and now having a little bit of a routine and knowing how you know, summer workouts will go, and what they, what's all expected to get expected of the kids in the program. I think Traverse City West has a pretty good shot of going back and winning another BNC title. James, your number two. I think we will have again multiple Final Four teams in basketball this year, between boys and girls. You know, I think you know you got the Glen Lake teams, both have a legit shot. Kingsley girls have a legit shot. If for some reason Manton gets by Glen Lake in districts, I think. They then have a legit shot of going to the Final Four, you know. And then you you've got Frankfurt boys this year have kind of surpassed expectations to this point already. Completely, yeah. I, I think so. I well, mean, they lost all five it. starters, and they've started out this season. What are they? I think they're ranked number three in the first AP poll to come out today. And I, I saw somebody who was it that had them ranked number one in their preseason poll. Was it like the D Zone or some uh, some other place that covers high school basketball? But they had him number one, and I was like, "What are you smoking? They lost all five starters." I mean, you know, Dan Loney's a good coach, and it was and probably Mc, I was it was like, probably Mc, I was like Mc, McCabe. He's got a soft spot for no, it wasn't McCabe, but <laughs> <laughs> but he does have a soft spot for Frankfurt. Yeah, that's, you know, not bad. I mean, you know, Frankfurt's got Stormcloud, one of the best breweries in the state. Mick probably knows that. Probably. What's your next one, Brett? All right, my third and final prediction for 2019 is that Trevor City West's Auntie D is going to pick up where her sister left off. 
after three straight individual state championships, and Ansi is going to collect her first, and perhaps first of two before the end of her prep career, and win the Division One Girls Golf Championship for the Titans. I think that one might be low-hanging fruit, too. Is it? I think so. Yeah. you got to pair that with Miss, Miss Golf, maybe. Yeah. Up the ante. We're gonna she didn't, up, she didn't up, the up the ante. Up the ante. Up the ante. Give that part of the week. Yep, that brought to you by Jimmy John's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. You know, she she didn't finish second to her sister this year, and I mean, golf she is was such what, a four strokes off. Golf is such a funny game that um, I I don't think to guarantee an individual championship is a. Uh, is it for I never sure, said it was guaranteed. Sure I, just said I think that's a low-hanging fruit for a prediction because obviously, she's never obviously, done it. Obviously, she's never done it because her sister's there, been in the way. Yeah, well, she's obviously there, a top three Division gonna One be, golfer in the there, state. There very well could be new pressures of being the leader of that Titan squad now that Annika's gone, and a lot of uh, you know, she won't be practicing with her sister on a daily basis anymore, which you, you know that could certainly. You want to hear a you hot could take? Argue will make her would have made her much better over the last couple of years. She's gonna break her sister's course record down at um, Curry West, sixty two. That's a hot take right there. All right, fine. You I'll go with that. that. I'm gonna they go, probably want to play go with Curry mine. West again. But <laughs> I'm gonna go with mine. All right, I got I got one more. This isn't, you know, this this is probably one of the harder ones to go with because it's taking it all the way down. It's not a, just a conference title or a district title or anything, but. Uh, I got a good feeling that Leland Soccer is going to be back in the same spot that they were this past season. They lost; they're losing a lot. They got you know our player of the year, Cole Blund, gone. Gavin Miller, uh, Nick Saffle, a lot, a lot of good scores. A lot of people who scored 15, 18, 20 plus goals. Michael uh, Robert, 40, yeah, Michael Robert, forty three in the case of Lund. Yes, exactly. But they still have that. That's the thing about this Leland Soccer team is that they still have four or five guys behind them who all had double digit goals, and who. I think are going to be able to pick up right where they left off down in Division Four. I think Leland will stay a powerhouse, and what I like Coach Joe Berta told both you and I, Brett, he plans on them being a, a spot on the map now, and I don't think that's changing at all. And you know, out of what I've seen out of them and what you guys have told me, they've you know I've, they've been on an upward trajectory over the last five or six years, and I think they're going to reach this plateau and kind of stay here for a little bit. Yeah, I think the amazing thing about Leland soccer is that they had six guys with 15 or more goals. And it's not like they just spread them out evenly because they had one dude with 43. And then five more guys with 15 or more. That's well, just yeah, ridiculous. I mean, four, four of the... It was, be- four, four it was, of those, better, than, it was better than a 7-to-1 ratio on the season. Well, yeah, I was going to say, but four of those six guys scored more goals than Leland as a team gave up the entire season. Like I think they only gave up eighteen goals the 17. entire seven yeah seventeen goals the entire season. There was at least four of them over eighteen if I'm not mistaken. Like that's ridiculous. And I, I would I would say that that's enough for them to be able to reload and you know especially down in D four having that type of talent and having to be able to bring back what they have with you know Andy Mosqueda possibly being in net and such like that. I think they got a pretty good shot of getting back at least to the state title game and winning another one. What's your last one, James? Final prediction of 2019. Okay, I'm going to go outside of Traverse City on this one and, uh, and say that Cadillac takes the Big North Conference volleyball title potentially probably maybe two years more, two more years maybe. I don't know. They've got such a young team, and they were a very, very good team this season. Uh, maybe Loaded took, with sophomores. Yeah, and it took, and it took a, good, a very good Kingsley team to knock them out of the playoffs. Uh, so this team could dominate the Big North Conference for the next two, three years. Does all sound pretty good and pretty hot? That's 2019 in a nutshell. I mean, I don't know how more com- how much more comfort. I don't know how much more comprehensive than that we could have been. To yeah, be honest with you, I mean, we forgot to tell you that we do have a psychic sitting in our fourth chair here, just telling us all these predictions are going to come true. So, when we look back, we're going to feel really, really good about ourselves. The crystal ball glows gold when yeah. we, you know, as we as we start to state our prediction, and it glows brighter the more correct we get. It's, it's a foolproof system. Yeah, I, I wish. Don't you wish that we could do that? I would love to be a sports better with a crystal ball. Oh my gosh! Well, that wouldn't be any fun. I mean, God, it would be a lot of fun. No, it would. No, it wouldn't be fun. It would. It would. You'd know exactly what was going to happen, and you'd just be happy that you were filthy rich. Yeah. But the process yeah. of betting and watching the games wouldn't Ooh. be fun because like, like you would back know. Like in Back to the Future. Like in Back to the Future. Exactly. The That's process how he gets rich. Of, 
I, I don't know if you guys saw, there was, so I know we had all these videos in relation to Cody Parkey, the kicker who failed to deliver the Bears to the divisional round of the playoffs on Sunday, but there was another video uh, from Saturday posted of, I believe he was a Cowboys fan, I don't think he was just watching um, you <laughs> I know, know, for the game, right. but he had placed a bet on the two and a half cover for the Cowboys. The Seahawks score that late touchdown, and he's like, oh, it's going to be fine. They kick the field goal. We're still up three. We cover. And then Seattle marches its offense out onto for the two, field. For because the two-point. got hurt. Yeah, for the two-point conversion. And the guy, like, shoots up out of his chair, and he's losing his mind. And he's like, stop him, stop him, stop him. And then, of course, Seattle runs it in. For no gets reason. Gets the two-point conversion. Yeah, it had no impact on the game other than had they recovered an onside kick, then you can kick the field goal for the win instead of the tie. And the guy was just exploding expletives all over the yeah, place. Yeah, exactly. So it would just be fun to just know you're coming out on the good side of things. <laughs> but that's my example why knowing it wouldn't be fun. Oh, man, but if you the think whole, that's fun, but it, but holy the whole, crap, well, you never well, lost no, some money. Holy crap. Yeah, I know, but the whole point of the betting is, is to have that intrigue so that you have that interest built into every game. Kind of like when, I mean, it's not for money, but when we picked against the spread all year, it gave that little extra nugget of interest oh, yeah. to, to every single game, particularly yeah. the fourth quarter. Yeah, the last two minutes where there's <laughs> Because we just goal, wanted just... that pick right. So when you got money riding on it, oh, man. After those picks, it'd be going 60% this year. I was, I'm thinking about just I mean, like putting you... my next year's salary down on the NFL and just going 60% and winning it all out. I mean, Just like, parlay like, a whole bunch of that shit. Like you with your fantasy football league that one night in the office mm-hmm. when you were relying on the Seahawks running back. I won, by the way. Score. I know. The whole thing? I won the whole thing. I won 580 bucks. 580 yeah. bucks. <laughs> I was, it was the best Christmas present ever. I mean, you literally had the whole office laughing at you because you're screaming at the television. Yeah. I, I understand. I understand. That is betting. Fantasy football is just as much betting, too. If I didn't win that 580, I'd have still been down with all the money I put out in fantasy dues this year. So who is cursing more, that Cowboys fan or the Bears fan leaving the stadium that was yelling at, at Cody Parkey? The Bears fan was more upset at Cody Parkey and releasing far more F-bombs. Um, he didn't look like he was going to cry. This guy, he released a few inappropriate words, Wales. but... But he he looked like he was gonna cry. Like so, was this like a large amount of money that he had it, bet on it? It didn't. Like, it didn't say. say no context. But, but I mean, the way he reacted, you would swear the home he was watching the game in was no longer his own. <laughs> Man, that would suck on a two and a half point spread. Yeah, we should make it known that we did come back the last week to win the beat the record eagle picks. And we did beat just we did beat our guests. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it, thanks to you guys. It took a it took a few dead presidents to get it done. But <laughs> I can't. I didn't even know that's what happened until you told me like a week later. I was like, uh, "Hey, you two are Washington had a hell of a hell of a run. George Washington went ten and five. Really? Yeah. On coin flips. Yep. Better yep. than Washington Redskins. Dang. Um, I think it was uh, yeah Thomas Jefferson. Not so much. What about? Good old honest Abe. No, it was he's on the five dollar bill. I don't know. Who, I don't Dwight D. Eisenhower was on the dime. Oh, you didn't use a penny. No. No, Washington had a very good run. Uh, Eisenhower was, or excuse me, not Eisenhower. Jackson. Franklin D. Roosevelt FDR. on the dime. Um, Franklin D. Roosevelt. He uh, was it went about five hundred, and then Jefferson just totally bleeped the bed. Thanks, Jefferson. Thank you. <laughs> that gave us the win because I think we were still down, uh, it, it, because those those first two coins tied our records for week seventeen, okay. and we were down three games going into the week. So it was James versus Thomas Jefferson. James had a very good week. Thomas Jefferson did not have a good week, and we we emerged victorious See, after strategy, basically trailing the entire season. My strategy of just copying and pasting my picks from my Yahoo Pick'em League finally worked. But, I mean, it's the first time I tried it. Because every week I told you guys, I'm like, my picks in the paper have been so bad, but I'm, like, killing it in this mm-hmm. pick'em league, which is like a money league and everything. I think I ended up against the spread at fifty over 57 or 58% in that league. And I, I have won by, like, 11 or 12 games or something. Oh, okay. 
It's almost on my level. Brett, and, Brett's and, the one but there was such a huge difference between the had to just been different spreads. But you realize that if you take our difference of record, it's one game per week difference. Your record for mine. Seventeen games total. Yep, that's a lot. Yeah, but you can't just call that totally <laughs> sucking. <laughs> one game different every week. <sighs> that's the difference between the money and not. And actually, it was more two weeks that sank me than it was. Uh, there was one week that you were like two and eleven. I yeah, remember. yeah. What I had, back I had back two. Weeks? I had two very bad weeks. I had one really bad week. I think I went whatever four and eleven, and that was it. All right. All right, well, it's time to listen to our interview with Glenn Lakes, Lily Ewing, Caitlin Schaub, and Kerrigan Lacrosse. Let's start that out. I'm excited to welcome in three members of the Glen Lake girls basketball team into the Get Around Podcast studios today. We've got Kerrigan Lacrosse, Caitlin Schaub, and Lily Ewing. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Let's, uh, we'll go back to last year a little bit because, the th- well, even the last two years, because all three of you uh, have been members of the last two semifinal teams. Uh, d- does that make this year, I mean, to getting back to Calvin College, is that kind of, aside from a conference championship, goal number one? Yeah, there's just a lot to go into it, so we have to take it one game at a time. So what have what's the biggest thing you've learned through that process the last two years of well getting to Breslin two years ago and, and Calvin last year? Um, we really put a lot of focus into practices and like have it be our goal to make it back there. So every practice we like push ourselves and have that in mind. Is it a little difficult kind of having that goal that's kind of far away and just trying to do it incrementally like like everybody says, you know, the game at a time, practice at a time, and stuff like that. But obviously you have a big goal at the end of the season. How hard is it to kind of keep focus on that? Um, we struggle sometimes in games where the competition isn't as hard as we'd like it to be. So I think part of that makes it difficult. But, yeah, just really focusing on what we're doing now to get to that ultimate goal. Caitlin, you guys are 5-1, 4-1, and 5-1 one, one, and one yeah, now. Yeah, 5 I mean, do you you look at yourself because the three of you are members of those last two teams? Do you did you look at yourself as a leader coming in this year? This year being your senior year? Yeah, for sure. We really have to step it up. Like this year with a lot of young guns, we have to like work with each other and learn how to be a team again. So, being a leader, all three of us, it's really important to be like a semifinalist team again or even further. Were you excited about that opportunity to be a leader, or is it kind of something you've had to learn how to do? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, it's always fun to be able to help the younger kids. I mean, even the elementary kids, they'll come in and see us, and it's so fun to work with them. And then just, I mean, obviously we're assigned to be a leader. So, I mean, <laughs> both. It goes both ways, so it's fun. <laughs> How, how much of a difference is it between this year and last year for you two, especially probably having, playing more minutes uh, and getting more of an expanded role with the team? Um, it's harder. It's a little harder, but it's fun still because you get to have the younger kids in there with you. And Carrie and I worked a lot last year together to get to this point, so it's just like been a fun road. So maybe this is kind of an obvious question, but Lily and Kerrigan, you, you basically were the first two off the bench last year. Is being a starter any different in your minds? Not really. I mean, I was nervous coming off the bench, and I'm still just as nervous for every game to be out there. Jump ball. I think it's a little <laughs> different. Like, I don't know how it is, but it just feels like there's more adrenaline, I feel like, when you start. So it's just like a better experience. So how important is that to kind of shake the adrenaline off early so that you can get into that flow of the game? Um... Well, coming off the bench last year, it was hard to get the adrenaline going, so I think it's better to be a starter and, like, have that, I don't know, get it going, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, Caitlin, you mentioned the, the young guns on the team. It, Glenn Lake is very young. Mm-hmm. Have you been impressed, surprised by the way, you know, the, the youngsters, first-time varsity players have come in and produced thus far, or... Knowing them from afar, is this kind of what you expected? 
Yeah, well, seeing them come up, we knew that they were going to have talent. Uh, there's Jazz, Grace, Grace Fosmore, Haley, they're all the youngest ones, so... Like, seeing them come up through middle school, we'd go watch them. We're like, oh, wow, like, that'll be fun playing with them. So it's, like, both I'm not surprised. Sometimes I am, but <laughs> just watching them come up, it's been, like, wow, they're going to be good when they come up. So, yeah. What What is the Glen Lake program like in that respect? Because I imagine there's a lot of girls' programs or programs in general, regardless of the sport, that – there's not necessarily that connection between the varsity and middle school programs or younger. What's it like to have that connection with the groups coming up, even the ones that, you know, you'll be graduated by long, long before they get to be in high school? Um, it's really fun because, well, at the end of the school year, we do a um, elementary skills clinic, so we get to meet all the younger girls and, like, they get to meet us, which they think is just <laughs> phenomenal. So it's really awesome being able to, like, see them in the hallway and high-five them, and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I saw you last night. So it's awesome getting to see them, well, like, everywhere we go. So it's nice. <laughs> How different is it for you guys? I mean, you guys the three seniors, uh, leaders on the team and everything like that, and you've got a freshman and a sophomore who are the leading scorers on the team. Uh, how how much do you have to take them under your wing, and how much have they just kind of blossomed into those roles on their own? I think they've blossomed into their roles a lot. Like, we don't really have to help them that much, but sometimes they, like, we need to, like, calm them down a little bit because they're still young. It even happens to us sometimes, so it's just, yeah, an experience. How would you describe the transition? Obviously, you lose a lot of key players from last year's team, bring in these new key players who are young, has the, on a scale of, of painful to seamless, where, do, where does the transition fall so far this year through six games? It's been kind of rough. I've <laughs> 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 had to do a lot of running and practices. <laughs> For what, uh, what kind of mistakes, for example? Silly mistakes, turnovers. Lots of turnovers. Yeah, turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're so, working on it. So Coach Bradford, that, that's his uh, his method of punishment is running? Yeah. <laughs> we, like what kind of running? Laps, suicides? What what are we? Like suicides. We went to Michigan a couple weeks ago and watched one of their practices, and they did this running drill that we do now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, great, Coach. We didn't have to stay for that part. Yeah. <laughs> so what what do they do in that drill specifically? What what'd you pick up from Michigan? Um, It's just two minutes, and you have to get from – like uh, baseline to baseline in 15 seconds. And you just, it doesn't sound that awful, but it's not fun. It <laughs> <laughs> no. doesn't sound quite as bad as the hockey one. Which the, one? The Chris Denoth one. Oh, I, I wasn't here for that interview and I missed it. Oh. And I don't recall when I listened to the podcast what the. Uh, he said Coach Matucci gets out um, full size car tires and they have to basically dribble with their stick car tires up and down the ice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound fun either. <laughs> like lay them flat on the ground, not pushing yeah. them. Damn. <laughs> All right, well, before I get into the heart of my next question, you guys, even though uh, your first matchup with Kingsley, who you're tied for the Northwest Conference lead, is 10 days away, you still have three games before that game. Uh, Sutton's Bay, Buckley, and McBain. So my first question is, is it difficult to not look past those three knowing Kingsley, that first matchup with Kingsley this year is so close? Yeah, it's definitely really difficult because we've just been focusing on Kingsley mostly like the whole time. Even we're focusing on like the district finals and stuff. So it's just we look past a lot of the other teams that we shouldn't. And then like Kerrigan said, we play down to their level, which isn't good. So. So what are you going to be trying to do over the next 10 days to not do that, to make sure you get three good wins over uh, Suns Bay, McBain, and Buckley? I think we just have to keep our heads on straight and just play our game. So, yeah. yeah, we need to come out strong. Like Sometimes we just come out and they're all flustered, so it's really hard to get a good uh, score up on the board. And then... Last year when we, I think we went to McBain, we played really bad, so we need to really step up in that game and show them who we can actually be. Well, who can you guys be? Because 
if somebody didn't know you were five and one, and that only loss being a four point loss to Ypsilanti Arbor Prep, who you also faced off and uh, fell in the semifinals to last year, that sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. What does it say about the talent level you guys have that you are five and one, despite feeling like you have so much work left to do as the season goes on? Um, I think it was a good experience for us to play against Arbor Prep so early in the season to see like where we stood because none of us really knew like how we would work together but I think it was a good like idea for us to do that and go down there and it brought our confidence level up a lot. We were able to click in that game and definitely yeah it was a fun game. What was the I mean you go down there you know you're only playing one game despite that long trip but there's a lot of teams that's the icebreaker right is what it was called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So early in the season, how do you get your mind focused to play such a quality game like that? I think it like reminded us of last year and our runs and how close we made it, but like we fell short to them, so I think it really motivated us and we wanted to show them that we were better than how we played last year. What has been the biggest driving factor for you guys in the off season? Was it the losses to Kingsley and not winning the conference? Was it the semifinal loss to Arbor Prep and not getting to that championship game? Was it, you know, just the fact that you had so much turnover coming on the roster that you just knew you had to put the work in? Or I mean, what's been the biggest thing? And maybe each of you has something different. What's been the biggest thing driving you? I think making it to semifinals the last two years has been like. I don't know, it's just hard because we never made it to the finals, but we really want to, and I feel like we could do that this year. So it's just, like, driving me to work harder and push everyone else. Yeah, I agree with Lily. Like, knowing this is our last year and, like, our last chance at ever playing somewhere big again like this, like, it's (laughs) super, it's, like, a big motivation factor for me at least because I know, like, I want to get back there, so we have to get the rest of the team on the same page, so, yeah. Mine was probably the loss of Allie, Jen, and Savannah because I know we had to replace those girls, so just working hard and trying to fill their shoes was probably my motivation. Kind of speaking of which, do all three of you, all three of you kind of have names to live up to. I mean, your dad's assistant coach on the team. You have your sisters who are really good players, you know, over the last few years. And I think roughly 50% of people on the Leelanau Peninsula are named Shaw. <laughs> 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 uh, did you guys ever feel any of that, any of that pressure? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel the pressure because my dad's the assistant coach, but also, like Kerrigan said, the three girls that left that were so good, like, it's hard to live up to what they did last year and how good they were. How about you? I mean, just, just what, what did you learn from your sisters? I mean, watching them over the years, practicing against them. They put in a lot of work outside of practice and open gyms on Sundays and staying after to shoot, so I've kind of followed in them and tried to put in as much time as I can. All right, so as I said, the big matchup, those pending three games aside, is January 17th against Kingsley. What, is that, what does that game mean? I mean, it is the first one, so it's not going to determine the conference or anything. What, what does it mean coming up, that, that matchup? Um, I feel like it's really going to show us where we're at. And, like, knowing that they were a semifinalist team as well, it's really fun to see how we can push each other. And, like, we've played them since elementary, middle school. So coming up and playing with them, it's been really fun. And, like, it's always good competition. The gym's crazy, so it should be exciting. <laughs> How would you just, dis- I mean, is there a rivalry there? Do you describe oh, it as a rivalry? Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone's like, oh, we got to go to the Kingsley Glen Lake game. Like, it's going to be big. It always is. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> everyone's excited about it. What What's the fun, most fun part about playing in a rivalry game like that? Um, just the excitement of it all. Like, the stands are always all full, like Caitlin said, and it's just, like, a lot of adrenaline, and it's it's fun. Once the playoffs start, I mean, you guys are in different divisions. So do you guys, do you guys find yourself rooting for each other? I mean, being from the same conference or, or knowing those people, or is it still kind of a rivalry even then? Yeah, I think it's fun, like, going to watch them, cheering them on, because they come watch us. I mean, not like we hate each other. We're still, like, we have a lot of friends <laughs> on the team. So it's nice, like, watching them, seeing how far they went. We went and watched them after our game, so that was really fun. <laughs> So is it 
once the once the game tips off, is it pretty straight laced and nobody says anything, or is there a little trash talking on the floor, or what's the? It's pretty. It's pretty clean. It's not too bad. Yeah. You mentioned you know some of those newcomers, Grace Bradford, Grace Fosmore, um, who of the non-returning varsity players, who surprised you the most this year or impressed you the most? I think Grace Bradford and just she's one of our best rebounders and she's not that tall but she's a hustler and she does help like with a lot of key plays. I like to play with Grace Fosmore because she like knows the game and she will like pass it to you no matter what and it's just fun to play with her. Caitlin, yeah. how about yourself? Um, I mean, all three of them have been really fun to play with so far. Well, Jess actually broke her wrist in the St. Francis game, so she's out for a few weeks. But um, Grace Fosmore, she's always fun. Like, she knows what she's doing. She plays the game really well. And then Grace Bradford, she's just... <laughs> She's like crazy out there. She does like <laughs> reverse layups over the front of the rim and they go in and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, so she's she's a really good player. I can't wait to see her grow up and be a real star out there. How many of you guys run track? I Anybody? do. I do too. Two? Okay, so when you uh when you run into Jason's brother <laughs> what? They they sound exactly the like, and I've heard that in track, since they kind of coaching in each other in track, that people can't tell them apart, and they hear the voice of one and think it's the other. Have you guys run into that? Yeah, but Nathan Bradford yeah. at Onekama, right? Yeah, yeah. we yes. play that Onekama, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Do they look as much Identical. like as they really? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. They're not twins. No, like Nathan's a year or two older, I think. Than yeah, Jason, but on the <laughs> but on the phone too, their voices are uncannily similar. <laughs> yeah, we had we we had this running theory for a long time because we didn't know for sure, and then yeah, Nathan just called one day and I was like, okay, you sound exactly like Jason Bradford from Glen Lake. Are you related? <laughs> <laughs> and we finally got our answer, so that's yeah, that's funny. Let's uh, transition to the Freaky Fast Five. Uh, our sponsor is Jimmy John's. Thanks to them and. Just five rapid-fire questions, pretty easy. Get an answer from each of you. Lily, we'll start with you. Best of the four seasons? Um, summer. Because? Because it's warm. <laughs> Caitlin? <laughs> oh, man. I would say spring because I get to start softball, and I love softball, so. <laughs> All right. Summer because there's no school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Of which you guys didn't have any today, thanks to the freezing, icy rain. So, again, big thanks to you guys for coming in because I know uh, you had to brave the roads a little bit to get here. Since it is winter, we'll stick with the season's theme just for a second, but just what's your favorite winter activity? Uh, I like to go snowboarding sometimes, but I haven't this year yet. I like to go snowmobiling and sometimes ride the trails, but, yeah, I like snowmobiling a lot. (laughs) I like to go skiing. All right. Any, and this can be for anybody on the team. It does if if one of you guys uh, don't have one, but do you have childhood nicknames that you're willing to share? Uh, no, not I don't really know. <laughs> well, on the team they call me either K Dog or the Beast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I get called Little Jeffy. This <laughs> is my dad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Favorite song on the radio right now. You hop in and you're just hoping that when you turn the dial, this song comes on. Sunflower by Post Malone. <laughs> yeah, me too. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Music not your thing or just not no, favorites is, right now? Yeah, I don't really have a favorite. I just listen to anything, so. Okay. Yeah. Just on the bottle. <laughs> No. Hey, that is a good song. That's forever a classic. That's like our team song because... Is it really? Yeah, because one time we were going to Boondocks to eat before our game and then came on and everyone was singing it, including Coach Bradford. <laughs> so, yeah, we just play it like on the bus and then after our win, I think in Charlevoix, we went to this little place to eat and the they had a live band and they actually played it for us, so it's kind of like our team song. <laughs> that's good. I have had a long-standing opinion that that's one of the greatest songs ever written in country music, so 
I'm cool with that. And actually, before I ask the last question of the Freaky Fast Five, I wanted to stick with country music because that reminded me of something. Last year, I can't remember which assistant it was, but he had sort of an off-season run-in with Toby Keith, and that he had made a deal <laughs> with you. Was that your dad? Yeah. Okay. What uh, what happened there? And even though you guys didn't make the championship game, which I think is maybe what the deal hinged on, did yeah. you did you get a message from him or anything like that um, after the fact? I don't think he got a message. Did he? I don't think I he don't did. Think so. Okay. Well, that's too but bad. But we still have the video of him. So. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so just walk, walk us through that story real quick. What what exactly happened? Uh, my dad, like, he goes to Kansas to hunt a lot, and he won, like, this thing to go hunting, boar hunting or something with Toby Keith. I don't know. It was really weird. But <laughs> <laughs> so he went there, and then he was just talking about our basketball team with Toby Keith, and then he just took a video of him saying good luck to us. And then he just showed it to all of us. <laughs> okay, but but he had made the deal that had yeah. you guys made the championship game, he would have flown up to... Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he actually would have done that, but <laughs> I guess that was the deal. Well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and the last question, most important one, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. <laughs> waffles. Pancakes. Ooh. <laughs> okay, why waffles, Caitlin? Uh... I just like putting, like, a lot of whipped cream and strawberries and blueberries on it, so, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I just put syrup and butter on a pancake, so. Waffles are like pancakes with pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have syrup pockets. Yeah. All right, awesome. Well, thanks to all three of you uh, for joining us in the Get Around Podcast studio today. It was a joy to have you here, and uh, good luck throughout the rest of the season. I have no doubt that we will... See you a number of times. Another big thank you to Glen Lake's Lily Ewing, Caitlin Schaub, and Kerrigan LaCrosse for joining episode 63 of the Get Around podcast. It's great having them in the studio today, especially on a snow day with no school. Shout out to assistant coach Bob Ewing for getting the girls here despite the rainy conditions on a cold day. All right, time for our inaugural power rankings. As I mentioned at the top, we're going to uh, cycle through these a bit week after week. We're going to give uh, boys, girls, basketball, and hockey power rankings every week, but we're only going to really discuss one of them on a rotational basis. After all, we are trying to provide you a a wonderful show to listen to that doesn't take you 16 trips across the United States before you get to the end. So we're going to start with girls basketball this week, inspired by our guests. And I had the privilege of putting that power rankings together. It is, as I said, a top five. And you guys ready to hit me with your rebuttals after I go with this. Number five, Charlevoix Raiders. Number four, Cadillac Vikings. Number three, Manton Rangers. Number two, Glen Lake Lakers. And number one, the Kingsley Stags. So where did I screw it up, boys? I, I like them, but I think you could probably swap four and five. I know Charlevoix just had a, a tough loss, but I think... It's power rankings, yeah, though, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess you're right. It's but power rankings. It's a little different yeah, than so, who, who's the best team. Yeah, it's so I mean, but yeah, Cadillac, Cadillac's definitely up there. But I, I do like your five, but Charlevoix... As long as they, you know, once they keep winning, I'd see them moving up that list. Charlevoix is 2-2 two and two at this point. One of Charlevoix's losses is to a team ahead of them on that list. Uh, it's other to another very good team, though outside of our area. They have a loss to Manton, and they also have a loss to St. Ignace, who, of course, is a power year in and year out. Cadillac has had a strong start uh, in the BNC. I think they're off to a 5-1 and one clip, and, you know, this... You know, I think they're buoyed a little bit here just by their success kind of across the, the board in, in girls' athletics in terms of comparing these teams to each other. But I think Cadillac is is in for a good year. Um, Manton returned all five starters from last year. Uh, last year they were all freshmen. This year they are all sophomores. And this is the one team where I kind of feel like I might have them a bit low on the list. I mean, maybe they're... Maybe they're number one. I'm, I'm not sure, but as of right now, uh, I've got them at three. And then Glen Lake, uh, girls we talked to in here today, I, I think they're number two to Kingsley just because they're a bit young. They're still uh, finding themselves a bit, 
and you know Kingsley at number one because they're the defending Northwest Conference champs, and we'll find out on January seventeenth if this list is going to get uh, shaken up much. Yeah, two of the teams I would maybe think think about for that would be uh, Benzie Central. I know they've already lost to Glen Lake, but that was by uh, just four points on the road. Um, and then uh, in Gaylord St. Mary, it started off the season pretty strong too. I believe they're five and one, but I don't know if I would put them in the in the five. But I think they're probably St. Mary's probably in the conversation for the next couple teams. And I, I think by maybe by the end of the season, Benzie Central will be up there too. We'd really love to hear what our Audible viewers think. Uh, if you want to take a crack at uh, making your own power rankings, feel free to do so on any of the the three sports that we're, we're mentioning here today, boys and girls, basketball, or hockey. Compare your lists to ours. Uh, nitpick our lists. Tell us why we're wrong. We'd really like to hear from you. I'm at BA Sports Writer on Twitter, James at JamesCook14, and Jake at Jake at Nip. Yeah, but I don't want to hear if I'm wrong, so don't tell me. Yeah. Okay, really tell him. Tell him <coughs> how he screwed up so bad. Even if you don't think he's wrong, tell him he's wrong and make up a bunch of reasons why. It'll be more fun that way. Speaking of which, I saw a Twitter handle the other day that was only three letters long. Yeah, you really have to be popular for that. Yeah. I'm gonna, I, I need some time. Okay. The first step is getting us verified, and then I have Follow to Jake, because he really wants to be at Nip on yes, Twitter. Yes, literally. That's all we... That's, it, I, I, I deserve it's it. Your, it's like your birthright. Yes, that's what I mean. Like, if we got an at, like, it, it's not that hard to put two and two together. I just, like, yes, birthright. I deserve that shit. I think there'd be, like, an automatic verification process to go with that. Right? As soon as I get verified, I should literally just, like, hit up Twitter and be like, yo, you just need to switch this out real quick and make this happen. Is there already an at nip? Have no, there is not. I have, I have looked. It's too hard. You know, and even in this, in this new world, I don't know if they'd let nip just be a, be a thing. But I, I kind of was thinking the same thing, yeah, too. But, it might be a... You know, a, a safe word, but... Uh, Men have nipples, too. But exactly, but there's nipples all over the place. There's at nips. <laughs> all right, Jake, give us the top five on basketball, and we're going to roll on. Boys well, basketball. since we're talking power rankings, these are my power rankings. No one else's. I was starting off with the Glen Lake Lakers, 7-1, and 4-0 and in the Northwest Conference. So, I mean, we all know what they're bringing back. Got Mancelona at 7-2, and who just beat the next person on my power rankings list in Pelston. Me and James talked about this a little bit, but... Both very good teams, and Mancelona's looking like they might be able to just keep on rolling this season. And then Frankfurt, um, we talked about these guys at the beginning of the show. They were preseason ranked for whatever reason. We, we all kind of thought they weren't going to do so hot this year, but they're showing out. Uh, Manistee Catholic Central is somebody that I think we need to look out for down at the bottom, and then also Traverse City St. Francis. So there's a few good teams in there, but like we said, we're going to be able to shake these up over the next couple of weeks. What about hockey? We don't have we don't have enough area teams to uh, put a top five together. Cause well, we do, but then it would really just be leaving be out. Be like watered one, down a little yeah. bit. So you got to be top three caliber to make the hockey list. All right, so number three, we'll start with three. Go Traverse City Central. Moving up to number two is Petoskey, and number one would be the Bay Reps. I mean, the Reps have just started out really Scorching hot this hot, season. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully they can keep it up. Petoskey. As well, I mean, they've been—they have a, a couple of really high-scoring forwards. Uh, and this is going to be one of their best starts in a long time. And, and Traverse City Central has grown by leaps and bounds from just the just a month ago, even. Mm-hmm. All right, those are our inaugural power rankings. We're going to bring those to you on a weekly basis, and we're going to rotate which ones get a little bit more of a breakdown. We're going to jump into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the first. Class of 2019. James, I'm going to throw it to you for your candidate this week. Uh, I'll put up a Mancelona wrestler, Colton Fredrickson. Uh, he got his 100th win this weekend in the Northern Michigan team duels at Kalkaska. Uh, the, the Mancelona had a pretty good day there, too. They finished second as a team. Uh, but he was undefeated. He's 105-48 and 48 for his career, 112-pounder. And uh, he's twenty-one and one this season. Make you think of a younger James Cook? No, I never had a record like that. <laughs> I think I ended my career with like seventy-six or seventy-eight wins. He's got to be ranked that's something. A, that's nothing to sneeze at. He's got to be ranked by Mission Grappler if he's twenty-one and one, right? I would think so. He's got to be. I would assume. Yeah, he was pretty solid last year too. Jake, who you got? I got uh, Traverse City Central hockey player Will Dawson. 
helped lead them to a tight win over Big Rapids on Saturday evening. Uh, Big Rapids came out, scored a goal on the very first shot of the game. Trevor City Central came back fighting back, and Will Dawson actually had two assists on the last, or the only two goals for Trevor City Central in the game in the last two minutes and 22 seconds to help lead them to the victory. So that, uh, the Trojans, the... (laughs) The the Trojans? Who are the Trojans, Jay? I don't know. (laughs) That's the those are the porta potties they have behind <laughs> Thoroughby Field. The Trojans. The Trojans. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the the Trojans turnaround is in full effect, and Will Dawson uh, definitely made sure that that kept it going on this past weekend by showing up in the last two minutes twenty two seconds. So he's my player of the week. But I've got a second hockey player in this roundup. Uh, Cadillacs Hayden Watkins. He notched a hat trick in a. 5-1 to one win over Traverse City West at Howe Arena last week. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Forrest. <laughs> that's about all I got to say about that. Uh, <laughs> well, let's vote. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to vote Colton. I'm going to vote Colton. Well, that's like wins. a penalty box of chocolates. Jesus. Yeah, a penalty box. <laughs> And I wish there was a box of chocolates in the penalty box. Right, people would go there more often. Cross checking all the time. Yeah, I get five minute major, so I can eat the whole box before anybody else gets in there. <laughs> all right, I'm going. I'm voting Colton. The hundred wins is impressive, and like I said, I'm pretty. He's got to be ranked in the top ten in the state, and at 112 pounds at 21 to one. So I'm going with Colton. Yeah, I'll give yep. Fredrickson the nod as well. So, congratulations to Mansalona's Colton Fredrickson. I believe that you are the first Mansalona Ironman into the Get Around Hall of Fame since the inception of this show. I, I can't say that with certainty because I don't have a beautiful spreadsheet in front of me of all those people like we probably should have had from the beginning. But I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure as well. I have Pretty I, sure. I have no fight or dog in this fight. I don't know. All right, time for the trifecta. As I said earlier, Cody Parkey, he influenced this segment. The, uh, the Bears kicker who... Upon closer review, it's not entirely his fault that he missed that kick after the Eagles iced him and his first one went through to no effect. Cody Parkey had that kick blocked by a fingertip and then did, as the announcers called it, the double doink. First the left upright, then the crossbar. I had a friend who's out. He lives out in... uh... He New did Jersey. the double doink? Well, he lives out in New Jersey, and he was out in the bars in Philly last night, and he said that the bar owner has already uh, commissioned his bartenders to make a drink called the double doink nice. out in Philly. So they're, 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 you know how petty Philly fans That's are. That's awesome. They're really into it already. But even though it may not have been entirely Cody Parkey's fault, we're still going to play off of his and the Chicago Bears' failure. So uh, it's a bit of a and-or question. You get to pick which part we answer. A, what is your most embarrassing public fail? And if it's too embarrassing that you're not willing to share it or you just don't have one or can't think of one, then B, what was your worst reaction to your team failing in a critical spot? I got one for both. I can start off. I'll just go with the... I'll start off with probably the worst public epic fail. Um, Definitely happened in sports, on the football field for me. This was... I mean, this is like everybody's worst nightmare. The situation in itself was fantastic. So just a little, I played offensive guard my senior year. The entire season I was, you know, locked in in that, that, that right-hand position right there. I also was the long snapper uh, just because I had done it throughout the years and I could do it. So uh, we're in our second-to-last game of the season against Ann Arbor Gabriel Richard. We're in the conference championship game, basically. It's whoever wins this game wins the Catholic AA League. And uh, we're at home, and the Comcast Sports Network, they did their local broadcast for the week. They brought their TV cameras, did us live on TV. And it was great, you know, all this fantastic pressure. And we get into the end of the third quarter. It's 7-0, to zero, Ann Arbor Gabriel Richard. And we get down to about their 25, 30-yard line. And lo and behold, the, our center, who had started for, I believe, three, three full years at center at Varsity, for every game, every snap for three years, injured his knee, sprained his MCL. And, of course, I'm sitting there at offensive guard. I'm standing in the huddle, and we're just like, what's going on? And the coach looks at me, and instead of giving the backup center who has been snapping the ball all season a chance, he looks at me and says, well, Jake, 
I trust you. You're you're gonna play center now. You know all the plays. You can do this. I know you can snap the ball. It's like I hadn't played center since I think I was ten years old, eleven years old. <laughs> um, I long snapped and everything, but like I knew I could do it. It was fine. But long story short, uh, very next play, very very first play, I get I move over to center. I move from right guard to center and have somebody else come in for me and. They call it, and he gets up underneath center underneath me, and I, f- I feel his hands up in my, in my crotch, and then out of nowhere, I, 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 I'm, I'm focused in on the count. I'm just looking at the count, and first play, and he audibles into shotgun. I, I, don't, I don't realize that he's not there any longer. He audibles in the shotgun. You didn't notice his hands on your sitting crotch. There, I'm si- well, he came out to call the audible. I never realized it never came back. So I'm sitting there. Uh, this is it's seriously is so bad. I'm sitting there just focusing on the count. It's, it's on two. Like, do not snap this ball too early. Do not. Do, we got this. And he, he calls hike, and, man, I swear to you, one hand snap. <laughs> right I, oh, right now, into your jewels. Oh, no. I shot this ball maybe five feet over his head, <laughs> and the football rolled all the way down. Oh, I mean, like, this was like fumble ruski where people were kicking it and fumble it. The ball went all the way down to our own 15-yard line. This was on, like, third down. This was on third down. We were down by seven points going to score. The ball fumbles all the way back to the 15-yard line. So now it's, like, fourth and 55, right? And we're, we're backed up into our own end zone with the punter. And lo and behold, after making the worst play of my entire sports athletic career, guess who has the long snap? <laughs> this guy. The only guy who can long snap. So I'm freaking out, and this is already terrible. And then... This wasn't my fault because it, we look, I remember looking at the film, but it couldn't have gotten any worse. I long snapped the football, probably put too much juice on it. It hit the punter right in the hands. He dropped it on the ground, and they scooped and scored. 14-0. to We were down. We didn't score the rest of the game, and we lost that game. It actually kept us from playing in the prep bowl at Ford Field my senior year. So, yeah, it was a god, a god terribly epic fail. Broadcast on live TV, and uh, yeah, the best part was is the broadcaster. I went back and watched it because we recorded it. Since it was such a quick switch from me going from guard to center, they didn't call it as my name. They thought it was still the other kid, so they were just so like, "Oh yeah." On TV, the other kid took the blame, but just sit there in my heart. I just knew it was like I just this was the worst. I lost us that game. It was so bad. So, you know, I thought you were going to say when you said you didn't realize that the quarterback had called the audible and gone into the shotgun that you were going to say you just did a regular snap and just dropped the ball right there oh, no. between your feet. Oh, no, because I, I, I did a regular snap, but, I, you know, you you got you to gotta get it up in the quarterback's hands. he got to receive the football. See, that's why I thought it was he didn't realize he was there and he snapped it that hard and he snapped it that hard right into himself and made himself, no. made himself fall over gasping on the ground. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's what I thought. No, but it was it was worse than that. I wish I would have fell over and hit myself in the nuts and fallen on a fumble. No, it was literally like it was like a sixty five and it wasn't a long snap, it was a one handed up in the crotch. It just flew fifty yards. Like I never seen a harder snap in my life, but and then followed it up with a, a jumbled a jumbled snap on the punt. It was just that that's a pretty bad epic fail. So Cody Parkey, I feel for you, my man. I, I wish I could tell an epic fail story that was it could even rival that one. Uh, I was having a hard time coming up with a one to begin with. And you came up with the, the idea. <laughs> you came up with the idea for the trifecta. You didn't even have well, one. Well, no, I, I have the part B to the question. Um, I do have it, it uh, also happened on the football field. I guess this isn't my answer, but I am made fun of uh, for this ruthlessly by my, uh, well, I guess I call them friends. There was a game. I don't even. I don't even really remember who we were playing. It wasn't terribly critical or anything. But I was playing tight end at the at that point, and I had made a catch, and I was never the fastest guy. Flat footed. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and I just I turned up the sideline, and one of the DBs was coming in to make a tackle, and I tried to put a spin move on him, and I probably had never used a spin move in a game ever before. The guy tackled me. You know, there was no turn. I didn't fumble or any. I just got tackled. But my friends all made fun of me because, and even my coach <laughs> made fun of me because they said that it looked like I was spinning in slow motion. <laughs> Where'd you think you were going to get with that, Brett? <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but as far as the your, 
your worst uh, re- or my worst reaction to a team that I was rooting for their uh, their fail uh, because of course there was a video of a guy marching out of Soldier Field last night just screaming expletives at Cody Parkey. I feel like for some reason I I can't remember this for sure, but I feel like for some reason they were either playing the Dolphins or the Lions, one of the two. In either case, the, the Brett Favre was still playing quarterback for the Packers, and. They were playing like crap, and it was one of those games where Favre, you know, threw like 8,000 interceptions in one game, and my parents had left uh, to go, I don't know, had been gone, I'm like maybe 12 years old or something like that, you know, not yet old enough to feel com- uh, feel the point of being comfortable enough to swear in front of my parents, uh, let, er- let alone be... But they were hurling f bombs at the television in their home, beneath their roof, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that they had come home and come in the door downstairs, and Favre had just done something stupid, and you know I'm just like screaming, "God, Favre, you forgot how to play football!" The and, firestorm. Uh, all of, yeah, all of a sudden I hear at the bottom of the stairs, "What did you say?" It was a nightmare, Mom. I was having a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mean, I think they were playing so badly it didn't matter that I got sent to my room because I didn't really want to watch, the rest of this. watch it anyways. <laughs> but uh, that one, yeah, it just, it just sticks in my mind, even though, I mean, yelling curse words at your TV is far from the worst thing that you could do in that situation. But uh, yeah, just, just something I always remember. James? Uh, I, I don't I have a couple, kind of. Uh, n- nothing as good as Jake's. Uh, but, uh, yeah, when the, when the Lions lost the uh, the game to the Packers, where they had the face mask called at the end of the game on, on, you know, on, on Rodgers, um, I remember just, we were at State Street Grill. I remember being there, and we were watching, we were with some friends, and we were at a table, like, kind of in the middle of the bar area. <laughs> And and that happened, and, you know, I probably had a couple of barley pops, you know. And uh, I just started cursing at the TV. Just the TV that would never hear you. <laughs> just screaming at the referees that that was not a face mask and, <laughs> and everything. My wife still gives me crap to that, about that. To Your this, wife's to a Packers day. fan. Yes, a Packers fan. Well, that's why she was sitting there. That, she, she was uber in Paris. Not only, not only yeah, was it for so. a reason that she was happy about, but she was just like, God, this guy is insane. But she got the last laugh because then Aaron Rodgers threw the Hail Mary to Richard Rodgers, and there it was. The rest is history. Did, did you, you yelled more about the penalty than the Hail Mary? Yes. You, you didn't have anything left in you after the penalty. Probably not. I probably had a horse throat or something. I probably, I do, I do remember, probably had to order another beer to get rid of my horse throat. Right, no, I do remember after that after that call, I do remember screaming about the Hail Mary. You're like, this is exactly what was going to happen after. This is the only thing of a Hail Mary. There's percentages. There's, this is literally the, the only thing that would happen to the Lions after that call. That's the only thing that would ever happen to them. All right, that trifecta brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. Freak yeah. And don't forget, retweet, share, like, comment with your favorite GIF in the comment section. That has nothing, or GIF. To, GIF. That has nothing to do with this episode. Just Story. do something, and uh, you know, you'll be entered to get yourself fed. As we can get you fed. As the one and only Jake Adnip would say, we got two free sandwiches from Jimmy John's lined up for you. This has been episode 63 of the Get Around Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Brett Summers for James Cook and Jake Atnip. Have a good one.